Hey, beautiful souls, welcome to the Everyday Mystic, where we demystify the mystical and transform your everyday life into one of greater meaning, higher purpose, and true joy. Today, we're going deep with Chris Williams, a mastermind advisor and the founder of Group Coach Nation. Chris hosts the highly successful Group Coach Nation podcast and is a sought-after speaker who spends most of his time exploring the world with his wife and five children. In this episode, Chris shares how the love of his family saved him from suicide and to finally seek the help he needed to heal from his abusive childhood. We discuss the power of connecting to the inner self through nature and how mysticism doesn't have to be all woo-woo. You'll learn about the importance of facing your darkest days in order to experience the beautiful light that awaits you here in this lifetime on this episode with Chris Williams on the Everyday Mystic. Well, hello, Chris. So wonderful to see your smiling face. Thank you for joining us on the Everyday Mystic. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. I, I really actually interested in this conversation. This will be really fun. Good. Yeah, because I know you don't identify as a mystic <laughs> in any way. Right. I don't identify as a mystic or a spiritual person or religious or a person of faith, any of those titles that I know are super diverse. I, yeah, I, I just don't. But but I love, I love being a heart-connected human and I love connecting to other people in the world around me. So maybe I've got my definitions wrong. I'm really curious about where this goes and if I'm the anomaly or if I'm just uh, thinking about it a different way. Yeah. And the reason I asked you to come onto the show is because in a conversation we had, you mentioned some of your life path and history outside of the work you do, because we had connected around the work you do. And when you mentioned that about your life, I knew that there was a deeper story. I knew that to get to where you are today, you must have gone through a transformation. And that's really what the show is about is inner transformation, inner journeying to get to know the self, understand the great mystery of life, you know, what we're doing here. And we don't have all the answers. And part of what we talk about on the show is what are some of those pathways, some of those practices, and some of those real life practical ways and means of understanding who we are so that we can thrive in, in this world and in this life? So tell us about you, Chris. Um, you know, people can look you up and they, you know, just heard my introduction of you. So they, they know who you are on paper, but tell us who, who you are. Yeah, who I really am. So I'm a creative who really loves people and connecting to people at a really deep level. And I'm an introvert. I think if you're going to describe me, it would be it would be those three things. And, and that's a fun, at least for me, obviously, we all have fun in our own space. I really like that about me. I like who I am. I like being alone. I like, I like having time to just build and create and build into myself and build in the world around me. But I really love intentional conversation like this. And I love connecting to people. And, and I think that's a really creative way to see the world and to understand the world because there's so many misconceptions we all have. We go into so many conversations about that. But there's so many misconceptions we have about other people. And we bring our assumptions about how the universe, the world around us works and how it applies to another person, I think that kind of messes up getting to know them a little bit. So 
that's who I am. And, and honestly, that's why I'm super thrilled to be having this conversation. I'm like ready to learn. You know, it's a great misconception to bust or a myth to bust that introverts don't like connecting to people or talking to people or, right. I mean, that that's, you know, the thing about, I think a lot of at least extroverts will judge or see an introvert as the, you know, the, the quiet person in the corner who doesn't want to talk to anybody or get to know someone at, you know, at a party. Um, but really what I found about introverts is that they're the one in the corner at the party having the most interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. And the extroverts are kind of like running around, you know, and, and like talking to everybody and look like they're having the best time. But really, you know, when it comes to having maybe the most meaningful time, often it's the that introvert in the corner having that conversation. My husband is that guy. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we just experience parties in such a different way. And I've learned a lot from him because I've learned, I think, that I'm also more of an introvert than I thought that I was. Or as I've matured, I've settled into my introversion more and really appreciate that alone time. So um, we, we know what you do out in the world. What do you do in that alone time then? What do you like? How do you like to spend that time to recharge or nourish or grow? A therapist of mine in a group therapy program I was in seven or eight years ago, she recommended that I do forest bathing. So I love being outside. And here I am saying I'm not a mystic or a spiritual person. I throw something like that. I love being outside. I get rejuvenated outside. I need to see the sky. So she's like, Chris, to rejuvenate yourself, you just need to go out in the woods. Because I'm constantly out in the woods, just walking, hiking, running. Jill and I are trail runners. And just turn off the performance of running for a minute and just walk. And let the trees and the light and the sky and the, the, the forest just bathe you and nurture you. And things like that, paddleboarding, out with the dogs, stopping and just sitting in a field, those are the things that actually recharge my batteries and my heart more than anything else. Mm. So that's what I, that's, that is like, that's, I feel silly or vulnerable saying that, but that's really, that's what I do. I'm outside and I'm just, I stop. Connecting to nature, communing with nature, feeling the energy of nature is I have found to be one of the best ways of connecting to what is what is grander and, and larger than just, you know, our little selves here in our own little lives. And I think it allows, at least for me, to detach from that egoic self of, oh, I'm this person doing this thing, like the performative nature of the trail run, as you were mentioning, right? Yeah. Rather than being in your body doing this thing that gives your ego a booster, you know, I mean, it provides other great things too, but you're letting go of that and you get to kind of meld into this greater, bigger picture. And, and being in nature is, is absolutely one of the most spiritual experiences I, I've, I've found. And I, I wonder about that. So as a non-mystic, I'm like, I'm not a non-mystic. As someone who's never thought about myself as being a mystic or um, in the past years, not a very spiritual person, I I grew up a, I grew up in a religious family, grew up religious, and I was until I was in my mid-30s, probably. So um, I'm 46 today. Not my birthday, but at this moment, I'm 46. So I, I'm not sure. Like for me, I wonder is being out in nature the way I love doing that. Is that meditative for me? 
in a sense of I'm also ADHD. So like I, I practice meditation a couple of times a day on most days just to calm myself and get the neurons back in, in gear. So when I'm in nature, stopping and being in that moment is very meditative to me. And it allows me to listen to the sounds and feel the wind and the sun and the rain, whatever it is. So I don't know for me, is that for me? So I take that as this is science and this is me focusing on one thing, like a breath focus, not that the actual trees, sky, woods, life forces out there are part of my life force other than our, our, you know, atoms bumping into each other mm-hmm. from a quantum standpoint. Like, I'd be curious, how would you define that? Like, I, yeah. you took that as a more spiritual connection. I take it as it's a place to meditate, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, meditation being a deep, deep and profound, longstanding practice of most mystics and spiritual people at different yeah. levels, right? I mean, from the church standpoint, it might be a meditation through prayer, through uh, mm-hmm. another type of uh, religion or practice or a, a organized religion. It might be through another means. Um, the way I see it is that we are as mystics and why I named this podcast, the everyday mystic is that we are choosing our own path to connect with the divine and how we define the divine is this beingness that is everything. And we're part of it too. We can feel, and you mentioned it from a quantum standpoint, we know from a scientific standpoint that we are not energetically different than the rock. Then, right? right? We have, and we're more space than we are matter. We are possibility, not this concrete substance that our reality therefore is, is malleable and potentially multi dynamic multiverse, um, you know, and, yeah. and having, you know, this, this, uh, so to think about it from both the, the mystical ancient standpoint and the, the futuristic quantum standpoint, it's kind of bringing it back all together. Really. It's, it's coming mm-hmm. back into that same place of that. We are this one energy all connected through what means who knows i mean everyone's got a different definition of what it is right yeah i think the everyday mystic path for me is about finding the connection to that and finding who you are in all of that i so wonder i'm so glad we're having this conversation i so wonder if this is a personality difference or just the way we see the world different or our baggage from the past or our hopes for the future, whatever. I wonder if, I mean, we're talking the same, we're talking about the same stuff here, the same connections. We're just labeling it differently. And by that label, I mean, I, I think of it very literally, like this is just science and atoms and neurons bumping around versus a deeper connection that's something outside of the physical matter. Um, or the energy sources we can measure. 
And, and that's probably pretty fallible because, I mean, we're constantly learning how to measure things we never measured before. So there's obviously lots of question marks about things that you and I both don't understand that, that could bring a lot of light to this. You know, part of my connection to the world around me is people who've cared for me. And as somebody who, I grew up in a, I don't know if you know this, I grew up in a really, in a really horrible home. Um, that was both amazingly wonderful and scary, traumatic, abusive, emotionally, sexually, um, spiritually. And I, I don't know, I don't know if some of my healing and connection and moving through years of suicidal tendency, decades of suicidal tendencies and decades of depression and anxiety and, and finding healing from real people who really invested in me. And, and the connection I have with some of the people who went through those residential programs with me or stayed connected to, all of those connections are really deep and meaningful to me. And they're not just science. Um, and the way that I've, but the way that I've learned to heal has been very literal, very like, instead of meditating from a spiritual standpoint, meditating from a, from a controlling the breath standpoint and realigning just my thoughts, you know? There's so many paths to finding out where we used to be and where we hope to be and how to bridge that gap. I'm thrilled when I talk to people like you. I'm thrilled being married to the girl I've been married to for 24 years because she's a, a very, very like purposeful faith, intellectual person. I so respect her belief system. And we're so different that way. And yet we're finding a common goal. I, I honestly don't know what to make of yeah. that. It is. You're right. I mean, it's, it's different definitions. It's different semantics around very similar things. And I think if we can let go of the, um, the labels that we try to put on things and just experience it, you know, if you and Jill are out on the same trail and you're out experiencing your forest bathing walk together, you can silently experience the same thing without describing, oh yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm experiencing this through my atoms mixing with the atoms of this, this, uh, you know, what the tree is expelling and and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing it from, you know, the, the, the divine nature that I feel like this connection that God created this tree or blah, right. I mean, you don't have to both yeah. be describing it to experience the exact same thing of, of whether it's peace, solace, uh, connection, a feeling of energy in your body. And so uh, I think that we can get a little caught up in what are these systems uh, and, and how do we analyze this? And even from a religious perspective, so many of the, you know, the most powerful churches out there have such rigid definitions of what this is what this all is, what we're experiencing here. Science rigidly, you know, defined what we're experiencing here. But as you said, is all is also coming up with new definitions through the exploration all the time. And uh, so the mystic life really is just about exploring that without, I guess, without definition, with more experience. Mm. And, and really feeling into yourself. So let's go back to some of that feeling into yourself, which you must have done to get to a place of uh, suicidality and being uh, 
lost, I would say, maybe in your trauma to where you are now as a healthy, successful, happy individual in between time, the the healing work that you did, um, was there, tell us a little bit more about that. And was there a, a profound moment of, of switch for you that all of it kind of clicked? Yeah. So two or three profound moments. One was the first one I remember early on, I was 27 or 28, just finally like being able to be real and honest with where I'd come from and that all this stuff going on in my head was probably connected to a really abusive childhood. And I remember that therapist telling me, like, you need to just put everything aside, your family, your faith, your experience as a person, your profession, being a dad, whatever, just put all aside for a second and just be completely honest with the experience you've lived and are living now. Like be honest, call it what it is. And moving forward, being brave enough to ask really honest questions. Is this working or is this not working for me? Is this creating a healthy next step or not? There's so many honest decisions I've made into this healing process. And I, I don't, let's just stay on this track. There's so many honest decisions that I was open-minded enough to, to act on that were just so healthy for me and so healthy for Jill and I, and so healthy for my kids that ended really unhealthy things in my life and from my past and began really healthy journeys. And if you just define some of this mystic lifestyle as, as being open and being curious and being on this journey and being willing to not label, but just experience, that's what I started doing. And, and it allowed me to, to get real and to, and, and for you listeners right now, by the way, you found your person. That's why you're here. You're not here for me. You, you found your person. Keep listening to this podcast. Lean in, ask questions. She's got you. But for me, the I, I want to say the the being willing to say, you know, I know what that thing is that I need to be honest about. I know what I need to question. I know what I might need to do next, and it scares the crap out of me. And doing that with bravery and with honesty, not because you're trying to prove something or trying to be someone to somebody else or any of that stuff. Just do it because you believe like this is, I, I see it. This is the truth and I need to do this. Take that step. Take that step. And and if you're wondering if that step is a right step for you, um, it'd be great to have a professional around you. That's what I did. That I could talk these through things through with and say, I'm really struggling. Here's the next step I think I should take. Does this seem unreasonable, dangerous to me or someone else or whatever? Did they have confidence? Say, no, this is not a dangerous thing. This is a this is a good thing to go explore. Go for it. So, dear listeners, you know who you are. And if that thing's popping in your mind, find a real person who aligns with your 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 place now and and ask that professional to help you talk through that idea. Talk through the, the steps and go for it. Be brave for yourself. Yeah. I'm so glad that you took all those steps. Not everybody does. And I think it's so, so interesting to talk with people about their individual journeys and uh, and what is it that 
for you? Like, would you, have you ever contemplated that or reflected on that? You know, why, what was it in me that allowed me to be brave and to take those steps? I mean, was there any faith involved in that or was it pure, like, I just got to do this shit if I'm going to survive or, you know, what do you think it was in you? Because there's so many people that go the other, the other way. Uh, for me, it was two things. Uh, was married to Jill, obviously, at that point. And so I, the adults around me, I knew could handle themselves. I was suicidal. I had five kids. I didn't want to leave them with the shit that my parents left me with. And taking my own life would have just done them more harm than good. Mm. Even if I believed in the moment, which I did, that they would be better off without me because I was so messed up which wasn't true, but that's what we believe when we're that deep, deep and dark, right? Um, I didn't want to mess them up. That's what kept me from, from ending it. And what helped me take action was because I was like, okay, if I'm not going to end it, this sucks so bad. I got to do something. I can't remain on the planet without taking serious action to help and heal myself. Mm -hmm. So I was committed to remaining on the planet which meant that I was committed to taking action. And if anybody out there is listening to me right now and you're really dark and desperate, please find someone you can talk to that's a professional. I don't know if you're going to feel better tomorrow or next year or in 10 years. It's a journey, I promise. I have one tattoo on my, on my arm and it says free. Little tiny words on the inside of my left arm. And it was four years ago at that tattoo and I realized I was three years out from being suicidal. I didn't know this shift had happened. I just woke up one day and was like, it's been three years since I thought about this. And it happens and you can get better. And we need you mm -hmm. and you need me. And I'm glad we're all here doing this together. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Chris. I do believe that the soul's journey is paved. And also, you know, we all have our own individual path in this, but that we are, uh, we are called to heal and called to heal from our human struggles. And through it, we find these incredible gifts of strength and of courage and of resilience and of maybe creativity. Maybe some of this was uh, behind. So final story that I'd, I'd love for you to share is what was any of that personal human struggle that you've overcome through your healing? Did any of that contribute to, or how much of that contributed to your actual successful, you know, the, the stuff you've come up with creative, uh, creatively um, within your business and in your life? Yeah, I'd say every bit of the healing and chicken or egg, right, which came first, every bit of the healing has, has strengthened my, my muscles to choose and to stick with something. And I use those muscles in being uh, a, hopefully a decent dad to my kids and a spouse to this girl that I love so much and an entrepreneur and a friend, all these things that we do in life, running trails or whatever, all of those things work together. I don't know if one is in charge of the other. It's like they're all spokes on a wheel that are 
supporting the hub, which is ourself and supporting the things we're doing around us. You, you can't have one without the other. And it's been so great to reconnect to me and make real choices that have helped me because it's given me so much more freedom to be with others. And I really, really love that. And serve people with a mission greater than, than that story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you again for sharing, Chris, and coming on. I am excited to share all your links in the show notes that people can get to know your work and what it is you're here, what you stuck around for (laughs) to do. (laughs) Aside from spend time with your beautiful family, uh, Chris's work is so supportive of others who are looking to just magnify and maximize the success in their life. So I'll put all those links down there and uh, would love to have you back anytime. Thanks so much. Carissa, thank you so much. All of you listening, like lean into her, ask her questions. She's here for you. Thank you for having me here.